All right, tonight, I'm sure you guys are curious, what is she going to talk about tonight? I want to talk about wishing you could go back. Have you ever wished you could go back? Maybe you're living in this moment and it's exactly where you always dreamed you wanted to be when you were younger. Maybe it's your driver's license or middle school, right? Or a husband, a house, a career, graduating college. Maybe you're living in a dream. Or for me, I couldn't wait to get to eat whatever I want, <laughs> when I want. I love eating me some ice cream cake for breakfast. I don't know if anyone, I'm like, I love being an adult. This is amazing. But maybe you find yourself where you are and you can't help but wish you could go back. You wish you could go be young again. And I hear us talk about it all the time. Isn't it weird how we can be literally standing in a dream, a fulfilled dream, and we wish we could go back to a different time or a different place. I am 38 years old, and I, more than I would like to admit, have wished I could go back to different eras. For most of my life, I have longed and looked back without living for the present. Or, let's be real, as Christians, longing for eternity. That's what we should be doing. How much of your life do you spend longing for yesterday? or wishing today away. I, I wanna share a specific story with you. I remember when I was nine months pregnant with Hermione, John was experiencing these really terrible headaches and he was down for the count. He was having a hard time working. He was having a hard time concentrating. And so we're like, all right, let's make a doctor's appointment. And they were concerned. They're like, okay, we should probably just go have you get a CAT scan. And the the day that he scheduled the CAT scan was actually the day our second born was due. But John throws me under the bus in this way all the time. You know, if you go here, you know I run late, right? And all my babies ran late. And I'd always be like so excited. I'd be like, come on. And God's like, you ain't on time. These babies ain't gonna be on time, okay? Right? <laughs> so of course, she wasn't actually, she didn't come that day, but John had his CAT scan and I'm like, ah, this man. He's being such a baby. Here we are wasting this money, getting this CAT scan that we can't afford. I'm literally having the baby and he, he's off doing this, right? But I remember vividly, it was really nice outside. I was playing in the driveway with our oldest daughter and he came home and he got out of the car and he's like, hey, they already called me. Like, they said it doesn't look good. And I was like, what? It's a bit, what? And here I am, due with a baby, a two-year-old at home, and side note, living in his parents' basement. Like, I was like, oh no, if you die, this is gonna be, where am I gonna go? This is gonna be the rest of my life. And like, this basement, it wasn't nice, okay? It was like <laughs> cinder block walls, windowless in the kitchen, and I'm like, I can't be here forever. I was just like, no, no. And I couldn't face the future. What am I gonna do? I was looking back at yesterday. That's all I ever wanted. Have you ever done that? Have you ever looked back at life, maybe before kids, before a marriage, before you lost your health, before you lost that person, before a loss of a dream? Maybe for you, it's before they did that thing. Or maybe you're like, I don't struggle with that. But maybe you struggle with can't waiting for tomorrow. I can't wait until I get married. I can't wait till I graduate from college. I can't wait until I get to have kids. And sometimes I feel like 
We wish things away so much that we miss out on the present. Have you ever wished with everything you could escape a moment? I've wasted days, hours, months wishing that I could not be in the present. And here's the crazy part. All that time wasted, not even realizing, I don't even know how many tomorrows I have left. I want you to hear this. I believe so many people experience a spiritual life that is so much less than what God has for us because we are constantly looking back. I want to say that again. I believe so many people experience a spiritual life that is so much less than what God has for them because we are constantly looking back. God made us to look forward with our eyes fixed on eternity. We often give up eternal happiness, eternal purpose for our present circumstances and situations. It's amazing to me how many women I talk to live like this, myself included. I mean, this is the cat calling the kettle black, right? Okay, I'm not. <laughs> but how many of us are like, oh, what's happening in the world, right? It used to be so much easier before cell phones and social media. It used to be so much easier when I was younger to all the teachers in the room. It used to be so much easier when parents actually parented. Amen. Like I hear that all the time, right? And I think one of the reasons we actually do this, and this is going to sound harsh, but I want you to bear with me. I think we do this because we simply live like atheists. We believe in God, but we don't actually live like he exists in our everyday life. We are not trusting him. And I think so often we stop, we get paralyzed and we stop looking towards the promises of God, the purposes of God, the provision of God, the eternity of God, the love of God. We can't look towards that when we're looking back. And we look back so a lot of times, and I don't know what it is for you, but I'm just gonna mention a few. Sometimes we look back at maybe a past success. I mean, <laughs> maybe you all are married to some or have a friend to some, but you know who I'm talking about. They like, like, they start going and you're like, I know exactly what story they're going to tell. <laughs> it's like, I think this is like the 50th time. All right, honey, go ahead, go ahead. Like, tell them about that awesome moment, right? And we live it over and over. Or maybe we're longing and looking back to a life that was simpler and easier. Or maybe it appeared safer. Or for some of us, we're looking back at pain from the people and the places that have hurt us, let us down, disappointed us. Or maybe it was ourselves. Maybe we're looking back at times where we have disappointed ourselves and let ourselves down or others down and disappointed them. This is not a new struggle. And this is one of the reasons I love God's word because there's nothing new under the sun. And there's an incredible story of a woman in the Bible who struggled with this very thing that I'm talking about tonight. She had a hard moment. See, she had to leave her city as a refugee. Super scary. And I know some of us have faced really hard times, whether it's you had to move suddenly or had a job transfer or you lost someone you loved. And when you're in that moment, you would do anything to escape the present, right? You're like, I, this can't be reality. I, I don't want, I would be anywhere but here. And this woman, that's exactly where she was. She hated her present. She wanted to go back to her old town. She missed her friends. She missed her home. She wanted to go back to the good old days. And Jesus actually mentions this woman to us. And it's really, really interesting. This woman is the only woman that Jesus calls us to remember. She must be something, 
right? Like the only woman. And Luke 17, 32, this is what Jesus says. He says, remember Lot's wife. This is the second shortest verse in the Bible. Remember Lot's wife. Out of 170 women mentioned in the Bible, this is the one. This is the only one Jesus tells us to remember. Who must this remarkable woman be, right? Jesus doesn't tell us to remember anyone else. So what are we supposed to remember about her? And he gives us some insight in the next verse. In Luke 17, it says, whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life will preserve it. This is quite an insight. See, this woman, she was trying to hold on to her old life. She was trying to hang on to something. She was focused on the world. She was focused on the past. She wasn't willing to give it up. And Jesus tells us, do not make the same mistake. Don't get stuck in the past or worried about the future. Don't forget to keep your eyes fixed on me. Don't forget to live with eternity at the forefront of your lives. So you're probably like, what did she do? <laughs> okay. The answer is in Genesis 19. Now God was in the process of allowing her old town to be destroyed because it was wicked and evil and hurtful to so many people. And Lot's family was rescued because they were God-fearing. And so God gave Lot's family a warning. Hey, this town is going to get destroyed. You need to get out of here. So they are running. And Lot's wife looks back. She wanted to go back to that old life. She knew it was burning down around her, but she, she couldn't help but look back and long for what she was leaving behind. And she was destroyed by it. The Bible puts it this way, Genesis 19, 26. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Lot's wife looked back on her past life, and because of it, she missed out on all that God had for her future. God was about to bless her family with a better life in a better land. But rather than enjoying it, rather than trusting God and believing in Christ, the best is always yet to come, right? She looked back. But how many of us have done this? I mean, I have. How many of us who look back? When John was sick, oh my goodness, I crumbled. I was angry at God. John told me he had this giant cyst in his brain and my town and my world, it was crumbling. I felt like I was gonna lose everything. I relate to Lot's wife. And you know what? I bet many of us do. A pillar of salt, really? <laughs> really God? Like, come on, that seems a little extreme, right? But you know what? I have met a lot of stubborn, salty women. <laughs> Haven't we, right? Just stuck in a life from years ago, not willing to move on, bitter and salty, unmovable, unhelpable, unforgiving. In fact, I'll be the first to admit, I have been a stubborn, salty woman. John's probably in Hebrew being like, amen, preach it, <laughs> right? But God doesn't want us to be that way. He doesn't want us to stay in our pride, in our comfort. He wants so much more for us. He wants us to keep our eyes fixed on him in this broken and dark world. See, something I didn't mention to you earlier, God sent an angel to rescue Lot and his family. And the angel gave them one instruction. Don't look back. 
Trust me. And Lot's wife ends up doing the only thing she's instructed not to do. Now, when I was younger, I used to read the Bible and like read things like this and be like, how could they be so dumb? Like, why is the one instruction, one instruction, and you don't do it. And now I feel like the closer I get to Jesus, the more I'm like, oh yeah, yep, yep. I, I relate to you. Like I relate, like that, just that. I mean, right? And the more I read, I'm like, oh my goodness, God, help me not do that. I was so convicted when I was reading this. I want to read Genesis 19:26. It says, but Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. This is while she is literally being led out of a burning city with an angel rescuing her into the future that God promised her. Guys, a literal angel of the Lord. Like that's some interesting context right there. It makes you understand a little bit better. And I want you to hear this. This really matters, ladies. Her longing for what she was leaving behind was greater than her faith. I want to say that one more time. Her longing for what she was leaving behind was greater than her faith. Oof, that one cuts deep for me. How many times have I looked back my longings for the past have been greater than my faith in God's provision and his promises. This misplaced longing led to her lingering. And ultimately, she turned into a pillar of salt, calcified and stuck in a place, ladies, that she should have only been passing through. She was stuck. And this brings me to my one and only point. I want you to get this. I really believe that this is a life-changing point. Guys, this is it. Don't look back and become a pillar of salt. This has been the source of so much pain and so much tears for me recently. This honestly has been a big struggle of our church. We have been reaching people. God's hands on us. We have seen hundreds of people turn from sin and turn to Jesus, finding hope, eternity, and salvation in Him. God is leading you out of that burning city, right? That city that has been your life, it is so freeing. And he's leading you to the promised land that he's promised. But ladies, six months in, one year in, two years in, I've seen people I love, friends, disciples, sisters, look back. Look back at an old life and miss out on what God has for them. It's heartbreaking. Look back at an old life of easy dates and loveless connections. An old life with not the complication of having to have a moral standard. An old life of gossiping, envying, maybe wallowing in unforgiveness and anger, choosing your ways above God's ways, or maybe living with whoever you want, not recognizing the damage that it is causing your soul. All of this, all of this that I'm describing, it damages our soul. Why does God call us to live a certain way? Because he knows that when we don't, it is destructive to us and to those around us. Guys, Living in that burning city, that old life of ours, part of it's easier. Can we just like, part of it was, it was all we knew. It might've been on fire, <laughs> you know? It might've been an ash burning around us, but it was comfortable. It's all we ever knew, right? Like there's, there's some comfort in that. But guys, you gotta get this. We are being led by God himself to the promised land of life. And some of us look back, some of us, we're sprinting back. <laughs> like someone's like, I don't know if I'm caught up for this. Like we're sprinting back to the destruction of our old ways and our old life and running 
from Jesus. We look back at life that is full of fleeting joys and temptations and temporary satisfactions. We look back at things that do not matter and will turn to dust. And we lose sight of God's very best for us, which is Him, which is heaven. Like that is His best. That is the best. When my husband came back from the hospital and told me that he could die, oh my goodness, I fell apart. I was weeping in his arms and I like was sobbing. And then in Pastor John fashion, he's like, worst case scenario, you're a rich woman. And <laughs> you buy a dress and bring a date to my funeral. And I was like, oh, how dare you? Like I stopped weeping right there. I was like, that is so mean. You really think I would do that? But then in Pastor John fashion, he knew it would like get me out of my weeping. And he said what I really needed to hear. He said, and then you're going to serve Jesus until we're together again. I will wait for you at the gates and you're going to get a chance to store up even more treasure in heaven. Now, what was John doing? He was holding me accountable to not look back, not to worry about tomorrow, but to keep my eyes fixed on eternity and my eyes fixed on God. He was like, Kristen, don't look back. In Christ, the best is yet to come. Come on, God's got this. Now, if you're wondering, you're like, oh my goodness, this is like a really scary story. And <laughs> what happened to your husband? Like, <laughs> so if you don't know, I know he's talked about it a couple times, but so everything's okay. I promise you, we found out that it wasn't cancerous, that it actually is something called an arachnoid cyst that he was born with. His brain formed around it. It's all good. You know, he always jokes about like, that's why he's not good at math and whatever, but <laughs> everything is great. But this story actually is the catalyst to us moving here. See, we knew, and John told me from when we started dating, he wanted to be a pastor. He felt that tug. He felt that God had called him to be a pastor from when he was really young. And we were kind of just stuck. We're like, all right, well, he got a seminary degree. Like, we got time. We don't really need to move forward on this. And when that happened... He remembers slipping burgers and being like, oh my goodness, if I die tomorrow, I have never lived out what I know God has called me to be. And it was that moment that actually brought us here. It was kind of cool. Like without a shadow of a doubt, we had put his resume lots of different places. He was top candidate of lots of different churches. And God's like, nope, 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 nope. And it was like, Oh, <laughs> and here we are. And it couldn't have been more clear. And here's what I wish I could be like. And then it was happily ever after. And we never looked back, right? <laughs> That's not how it ends, okay? <laughs> when we moved here, I was still shook looking back. I had a hard time adjusting to our new church. I had lived in Minnesota for 29 years. I had just recently chosen to follow Jesus, and I missed what I had. I longed for what our church would become. And for the first several months here, I was a pillar of salt, cold, calcified, emotionless, dead inside, longing and looking back, missing out on what God had for me here. Yet, I believe, I told you, just like, we're like, how could they be led by an angel of the Lord and then look back? But like, 
How could God miraculously lead us here? And that's a whole nother sermon for a whole nother day. I could bore you to tears on all the ways God made it clear that this is where he wanted us. And like, we know it without a shadow of a doubt. How could I, with all the ways he made it clear, look back? It's just interesting to me. And so I had to have someone confront me, ladies. (laughs) I had this wonderful woman from back in Minnesota who was a spiritual mentor to me. And we had a once a month phone call and I'd put the kids down for nap. I'd start doing some laundry. We'd talk on the phone. And when we would talk, this is one of my not so shining moments. I'm like, I don't like it here. <laughs> I miss Minnesota. There's so much cornfield. Like, where's the water? You know, I don't know. I miss my friends. I miss my family. I miss my church. And this godly woman, thank literally God for her. She's like, excuse me. Like, are you the same woman who six months ago told me like God led you here without a shadow of a doubt? And this is where you're supposed to be? Maybe. And wasn't it three years ago you stood on a stage and vowed in front of hundreds of people and before your husband that where he goes, you will go, that you're going to help him fulfill his hopes and dreams? Was that you? Sort (laughs) of. Like, maybe. She's like, what are you doing? And in her own ways, in her own words, she's like, stop looking back. What are you doing? You are missing out on all that God has for you here. He wants you to do a work here and you are so busy in your pity party longing for what you had that you are missing out on the promises and the purposes that God has for you here. And that was just the kick in the patootie that I needed. I was like, all right. And you know what? That with multiple other conversations, I think sometimes when we're in a season, whether it's young kids, whether it's retirement, whether it's, you know, you're taking care of your grandkids a lot, I think we can get stuck in a place where it's like, well, God can't use me in this season. Like, I'm just too busy. I got all this other stuff going on. And he used that conversation. Like, I had little kids, but she's like, you go out there and you share God with everyone you meet. I don't care if it's save a lot. I don't care if it's, <laughs> I love save a lot. <laughs> Thank you, Weefield. Um, I don't care if it's save a lot. That's the only place you're going. There and back. I don't care if it's the library. I don't care if it's the gym. But Kristen, God called you here and you were made to make disciples. Now go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Like that as Christians, we were made to not hoard Jesus to ourselves. We were made to share him because we know that we taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? And that was just like, okay, I can do that. Like it might not look perfect. It might look ugly. Like I've, I've had multiple conversations where my kids are screaming and crying and I'm hot sweating and I'm like, oh Jesus, you're not answering my prayers. I'm trying to pray with this person and my kid won't be quiet. He's like, you just keep praying, right? Like God wants us to look forward, to move forward no matter where we are. Ladies, who in your life could say that to you like she did to me? I love sisterhood because we have a bunch of sisters who are always calling each other to not look back. We need each other to point our eyes and fix them on heaven. Who in your life could tell you, girl, you gotta get out of your head? Who who in your life could tell you, you are hurting yourself, that's not good for you. Come on, girl, let's go. Let's follow Jesus in this way. Who in your life could be like, girl, stop looking back. Come on, the best is yet to come. When is the last time you received a correction 
for taking an offense, for being hurt, for not feeling understood. Maybe someone in their own way was like, hey girl, you're looking back and you're becoming salty. And someone called you to fix your eyes on heaven and eternity and you listened without getting defensive. I want so desperately to be, this to be us. I don't want us to run from conviction or run from godliness. I want us to lean in. I want us to, even if it hurts, I want us to lean into godliness and lean into people who are going to speak that truth in love. Because how else are we going to keep following Jesus without these sisters in Christ calling us to more? Tonight, as you walk out, you're going to be receiving a gift. And in this gift is going to be something that's going to remind you to not become a pillar of salt. But I think the thing I'm even more excited than the actual gift is you guys are going to get accountability questions. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to take these accountability questions. And whether it's a phone call, a coffee date, a walking date, I want you to meet up with a godly friend and ask each other these questions once a month. I've had women in my life do this with me throughout the last 13 years on and off. And it has been one of the things that has helped me grow more like Bible reading, number one. But <laughs> besides that, like having a woman hold me accountable who loves the Lord has been priceless. But maybe you're here and you're like, Kristen, you know what I need? I need a woman like the one you're talking about. I need a mentor. I need somebody who's farther along in the faith. And I want to let you know, we have many women here who would love to mentor you. They are praying and expected and excited on that connect card that Elise had and was saying, hey girls, fill it out, toss it into the bucket as you leave. On there, it says, connect me to a mentor. We would love to connect you tonight. Do not leave if you are feeling that pull without checking that box tonight. Some of you, maybe you're like, Kristen, this is all well and good, but like, that burning city you were talking about, like, that's where I am. Like, my life is burning around me. Now, I don't know how to move forward. I don't, like, you're talking about Jesus. I don't know how to follow him. I just want to let you know his arms are wide open. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Yes, he requires you to lose. He says, lose your life to find new life. But that burning life, turning to ash, oh my goodness, I'd lose it over and over and over again for the purposes and the promises and the glory of God. It is the best decision you could ever make. And if you right now, you're like, yes, I want to choose to follow Jesus. Check that box on that connect card. We would love to help you move one step closer to him in whatever way. But maybe you're here and you're like, I just came for the free food and childcare. Like, <laughs> that sounds well and good for y'all, but I'm, I'm just happy to have a night out. And we are so glad you're here. <laughs> but if you hear me talking about God and talking about Jesus, and you're like, I want to know more about him. Like, I'm not ready to commit my life to him, but I want to know more about him. If that's you, there's also a box that says, I want to learn more about Jesus. But besides that box that I would love for you to check, Come back on Sunday. Sunday, this place is a place where no one is perfect and everyone is welcome. And it's such a great way to learn about God at your own pace. And actually, this series we're in is all on relationships. It fits so well with friendship and what we're talking about tonight. And I just want to personally invite you, if you don't have a church home, come. Learn more about God. Come on Sunday. As amazing as the experience is here, like, it is, honestly, we don't have all the, like, 
extra stuff in the lobby, but it is just as good, if not better. And my husband, mm, he can't preach. <laughs> he in a good way that makes God's word come to life and applicable. Is that a word? I don't know. But yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. You can apply it to your life and it is so good. So come, come on Sunday. We would love, love, love for you to learn more about God on a Sunday at either of our locations. But ladies, tonight, I want to ask you, where in your life are you looking back? Where are you a pillar of salt, worried or fearful, or faithless and impatient, not trusting God's plan for you? Don't look back. I love what Matthew quotes Jesus saying. Matthew says, we are the salt of the world. Perhaps we need to make sure that we don't get stuck in a place trying to preserve the past, therefore no longer moving forward to salt the world around us. Lot's wife became a pillar of salt, a pile of salt instead of salting the world. She got stuck. Instead of showing the world who God is, she got caught in a place she never should have been looking back. Ladies, don't look back and become a pillar of salt. Keep moving forward and use your life to be the salt of the world. There are people in your life who need the love and hope of Jesus and it requires faithfulness to keep moving forward no matter how hard it is, no matter how much you don't wanna be in the present. God is calling us to keep our eyes firmly fixed on Him. But today, are you stuck in a place where you know that God is calling you to move forward? Maybe for you, you're afraid. Or maybe there's shame or guilt Maybe for you it's unforgiveness or an unfulfilled dream that you're mourning. Maybe it's a past identity that you feel like you just can't let go or an addiction or a habit that is hard to shake. Maybe it's romance outside of God's plan or bitterness, loss, or maybe you're stuck looking back at old traditions, past success, past relationships, past decisions. I want you to hear this. Do not look back. Set your eyes on Jesus. Turn from your old life and continue running towards our God. There are a myriad of places that we can get stuck, but we follow a God who calls us to move forward. We are pilgrims on a journey and this world is not our home. Don't look back and yearn for tomorrow. In a world that wants our children, in a world that says evil is good and good is evil, we don't need more pillars of salt. We need women who are the salt and the light of the world. Women who move forward and bring life, who help our children. Don't keep their eyes on yesterday or tomorrow, but let them know the weight of how today echoes in eternity when we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Ladies, this is who God's calling us to be. Would you please stand to your feet? I wanna pray this over you right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for every single woman here, no matter where they are at. God, I just ask that we would be women who do not look back, that we would be the salt and the life and the light and the love and the hope of the world, God, because you are our Savior. God, keep our eyes fixed on you, Jesus. If there's someone here tonight who's stuck, God, would you loosen it for them right now? God, would you help them know that you will not leave them or forsake them and you will walk with them through whatever they need to walk forward in? God, I pray that you would set some women free tonight.
We love you and we praise you and we thank you. And it is in your matchless and holy name we pray, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.